Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. The Psalms of the Bible are a collection of poetry that shows us how others have lived and struggled faithfully in relationship with one another and with the divine. One of the most common themes in the Psalms is gratitude. There are many Psalms that encourage the reader, oh, give thanks to God, for God is good, for God's steadfast love endures forever. The practice of gratitude is a practice of mindfulness, of paying attention to our deep dependence on one another and on faith. As Vietnamese Buddhist teacher Thich Nhat Hanh writes, I think the real miracle is not to walk either on water or on thin air, but to walk on earth. Every day we are engaged in a miracle which we don't even recognize. A blue sky, warm sun, green leaves, the curiosity of a child, our own senses, all is a miracle. I made a spiritual commitment to cultivate gratitude when I began my ministerial preparation in seminary, and it has borne great fruit for me. Today I'll share with you the story of where my training in gratitude most often took place, in my home at that time, the old apartment on Calvin Street. I felt grateful as soon as I stepped into the apartment with one of my new roommates and our soon-to-be new landlord. There was plenty to give thanks for. I had just returned to the United States after a year working in India and was about to start seminary at Harvard Divinity School. And this apartment in Somerville had everything I could have dreamed of as a first-time graduate student apartment renter enough rooms for each of us to have one of our own, leftover usable furniture from prior tenants, a gas stove, a dishwasher, and the crown jewel, an in-unit washer dryer. (laughs) Even our landlord could merit a whole other sermon on vocational service in how great he was And I loved that from the living room, if you stood and looked at just the right angle, you could see the Bunker Hill Monument in the distance through the other three stories across the street. Certainly there were issues. We had to sign some sort of legal agreement that we wouldn't have any children living in the apartment because the paint hadn't been tested for lead. And you could definitely see right into the bedrooms of the next door neighbors from the kitchen And the cool but rickety back porch had a sign, maximum 10 people, no dancing. (laughs) But I was happy there. For the first time since I'd left high school, I would live in the same place for more than a year. I spent three years in my little room on Calvin Street. I was so 
grateful for it. The kitchen and the living room were spacious enough to host meatless Monday dinners with my closest friends. The porch never collapsed, though we often had 10 people back there, and sometimes they were dancing. And we lived close enough to a lot of restaurants, so delivery in the snowy winter months was easy. A fellow student, whom I would one day marry, first asked me on a date in that apartment. I learned a lot those years on Calvin Street. It was on Calvin Street that I delved into the tough parts of theology and of living, my education asking me to consider evil, oppression, sickness, and loss. It was on Calvin Street that I first experienced up close and personal the effects of cancer treatment when my roommate's thyroid was removed and she had to do a course of radioactive iodine to track down any errant cells. It was on Calvin Street that I had a parishioner, a professor, and my grandfather all die, all after long debilitating illnesses, all within a month of each other. I was grateful for my seminary that taught me how to prophesy against the status quo. I was grateful that my roommate's treatment worked. I was grateful that my grandfather received my thinking of you card before he slipped into unconsciousness. I was grateful that I had a home during those trying times, a place that felt familiar, safe. Process theologian Alfred Whitehead wrote that we are dependent on the universe for every detail of our experience. Whatever part my little apartment on Calvin Street played in the life I have now, I am so grateful because I see that my life is full of goodness. Look at me here with all of you. How can I be but grateful? It is a truism that any beginning comes from another beginning's end. I moved out of 21 Calvin Street because I was graduating from school, was imminently getting married, and had this sweet internship lined up at the Arlington Street Church. This was obviously all great, but to finish my degree, to be married, and to start my life's work meant leaving behind clearly defined aspects of my identity, of being a single student living in a little apartment with two or three roommates. There is loss even when what we are becoming is true, is good. Haven't we all experienced this when taking on new opportunities, when growing, and transforming. It means we're leaving something or someone behind. Whenever I leave a place of significance to me, I always say goodbye to it. Unitarian Universalist minister Galen Gunrich writes, the discipline of gratitude is about knowing how much we have been given and acknowledging the scope of our dependence. It's about saying thank you to the people we love to the world we enjoy, to the universe we inhabit, to the God who holds us all in a divine embrace. I take saying thank you quite literally. When I moved out of Calvin Street, my darling fiance walked to the apartment with me as I said goodbye to my room and to the in-unit washer dryer and to the view of Bunker Hill. I was grateful to the old place and I wanted it to know. 
Perhaps you've been wondering why I titled this sermon a eulogy. Exactly 10 months and 25 days after I moved out of 21 Calvin Street, the place burned to the ground. Reports say that the fire began around 6 a.m. on the rickety back porch, and within half an hour, my old place and three neighboring triple-deckers were ablaze. It took eight fire departments with 24 engines and 150 firefighters more than two hours to put out the fire. My old apartment was so badly damaged that the city demolished what was left of it by sunset. My former roommates and I exchanged news stories, and one of the hardest to see had a picture from the street where you could look through our old living room ceiling right to the sky. It was harder still to visit in person, just a big pile of rubble where we used to live. Despite my years of practicing Buddhist meditation, of regularly reminding myself of impermanence and the need for non-attachment, despite this practice, I felt heartbroken, bereft. Life is fragile, writes Tibetan Buddhist teacher Dilgo Kyense Rinpoche. Life is fragile like the dew hanging delicately on the grass, crystal drops that will be carried away on the first morning breeze. The day the apartment caught fire, I tried to remember there was still much to be grateful for. I was grateful for the anonymous neighbor who, seeing the flames grow on the back porch, reportedly rung the doorbell of every apartment affected, waking up the residents. It was kind of terrifying, one person said to a reporter. I heard the doorbell and came out of my room and looked at the kitchen, and it was just engulfed in flames. I was grateful that all 45 residents got out alive and physically unharmed. I was grateful to the Red Cross and the city of Somerville for swooping in immediately and getting the displaced residents shelter and therapy. I was grateful, and I'm not making this up, that as I followed every crumb on the internet for more information about what happened, I found a picture of Arlington Street's own religious educator, Laura Yvonne Steinman, bringing food beverages, and a loving heart to those made homeless by the fire. I was grateful knowing that had I still been living there, the Red Cross and Laura Yvonne would have helped me, too. I was grateful knowing that places like Arlington Street Church exist, striving to help those mourning and struggling find comfort, resources, and solidarity. I was grateful for community, wherein the divine manifests its love. Oh, give thanks to God, for God is good, for God's steadfast love endures forever. I realized that in my own grieving process, what was helping me the most was my gratitude. Now, gratitude cannot insulate us against all pain. It is spiritually healthy to give thanks for what goodness there is and to work ceaselessly for a better world in which there is more goodness to give thanks for. But how much deeper would my sorrow have been if I hadn't paid attention to the joys and sorrows of those three years, if I hadn't said my proper goodbye to the old place? I don't care to imagine it, for my sorrow was powerful as it was.
When the Buddha said that we should remain non-attached and understand impermanence, he didn't mean that we should not love the world fiercely. American Buddhist teacher Pema Chodron writes, we are like children building a sandcastle. We embellish it with beautiful shells, bits of driftwood, and pieces of colored glass. Yet despite all our attachment, we know the tide will inevitably come in and sweep the sandcastle away. The trick is to enjoy it fully, but without clinging. And when the time comes, let it dissolve back into the sea. Maybe you've heard this poem by American poet Mary Oliver. Every year, everything I have ever learned in my lifetime leads back to this. To live in this world, you must be able to do three things. To love what is mortal, to hold it against your bones, knowing your own life depends on it. And when the time comes to let it go, to let it go. Enjoy what is now, for it may be swept away soon, and it is even harder to let go of what we love if we haven't loved it well. May we remember that we might only have this moment to act, as is the law of our impermanent universe. Knowing this deeply in our bones, may we love fiercely every beautiful moment of our lives. May we live in gratitude, for the blessings of being alive and being together. Blessed be and amen.